guys. Welcome to No One Is Listening with Steve Bang and Jen Shen. Steve, say hi. Hello. Okay, so um, today Steve and I will be talking about the upcoming Emmy Awards. It's the 68th Emmy Awards. It'll be on ABC on Sunday. And so we'll kind of go over the categories, um, who we think will win, who we think should win, um, some snubs, and then, of course, we'll end the podcast with our obsessions of the episode. Fantastic. Sounds and like today's my first day, kind of like. That was great. I thought that was excellent. Introing. I, I, I thought that uh, couldn't have been better. Couldn't Thank have been you, better. Steve. And you winged it. You didn't have to write it down like I did. All right. Well, now <laughs> back to you. Okay. So, uh, yeah, let's get right into this. I think uh, when we did the. The nominations for the Oscars, uh, we did it more uh, in terms of, you know, going through the awards one by one, kind of giving our thoughts on it. Uh, with the Emmys, because there's so many more awards and there, it's uh, a lot, the field is a lot larger. Yeah. There's a lot more uh, unique nominees. What we'll do is we'll go through them in categories, right? And so we'll do uh, drama stuff first. Uh, that includes a series and... Um, actors and actresses, and we'll kind of talk about it in a macro sense and just highlight ones that uh, we think are noteworthy, and then we'll do the same for comedy, and then we'll leave a variety uh, for last. Excellent. Um, Steve, what do you think about the Emmys in general? Like, are you into the Emmys? Do you care? You know, I used to be super into the Emmys back in, like, uh, I'm really going to date myself, but, like, back in, like, the 90s. I used to be really into... Like when you were a child? Yeah, because, you know, when you're a child, like, you want to rank everything. Everything has order. Everything's black and white. I wanted to know who the best was. Oh, is that not you now, still? I'm getting a little grayer. Okay. You know what I mean? Uh, Things aren't so black and white now. uh, And I respect that people can have opinions now, as opposed to, like, I was kind of like a mini fascist, I guess, when I was younger. (laughs) It's like, oh, we all have to accept that this person won and is the best, you know? Um... And so, yeah, I mean, yeah, the, Emmy, the Emmys are fine. I think it's a way for TV to celebrate itself, which it should. TV's come yeah. a long way. Um, it's, I really, it used to be like the little redheaded, like, stepbrother of movies. Um, movies had all, like, the Flash and the Pizzazz and all the celebrities and, like, the real actors and the real filmmakers went to movies. But, I mean, I, nowadays, um, you, know, you take a look at someone like Steven Soderbergh, who, uh, to tell real stories ends up going to, to TV. The girlfriend you know, experience? The is girlfriend that experience. Um, he also did, uh, what is it, uh, The Nick. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like TV has its own mark as kind of the, the writer's medium, the real uh, artist medium. Because, you know, with TV, you find, especially with a lot of those uh, cable networks yeah. it's a lot more about prestige than it is about uh viewership now mm-hmm. whereas it's flipped with with movies with movies you know you still definitely have amazing filmmakers of course but uh, a lot of the film industry is um based off or pushed motivated by um you know budgets and you know profit margins so, yeah you know, um you know i do feel like though uh the emmys or tv in general like especially with the oscars like the movies that get nominated at the Oscars are not movies that like everybody goes and watches, yes, right? Exactly. Whereas when we're talking about oh, that's these a great TV point. That's shows, a great point. Yeah. I mean, TV's pretty much of I don't know America's favorite pastime or whatever. Like people have access to a screen, and like we've all watched. I'm sure there's. I don't think anyone out there hasn't watched one of these exactly. shows, right? So it's a little bit to me like the Emmys are. Um, 
I don't know, more relatable, I guess, um, I without so. taking away from the quality of like the content that's coming out. But yeah. I, uh, I don't love the host for this year. It's Jimmy Kimmel, but. But he's really he's fine. He's fine. He's, he's fine. totally fine. You know. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's interesting because, like, with movies, you because you're only going once, the expectations are a lot more volatile. So it's like, oftentimes, uh, oftentimes, that is a very yeah, good point, oftentimes yeah. I'll go to a movie and been like, man, like, don't watch that. You know. But with with TV, because you're familiar, there are very few shows here where it's like season one. Mm-hmm. So you know, if you're watching it, you don't really have anyone to blame but yourself so it's like you know you you're you know what you're getting with these shows you know so i think viewership like with the oscars a lot of times like you see things that win or what it gets nominated and it there's very little correlation between how many people have watched it yeah and whether it's going to do well but with with tv the correlation is a lot higher yeah yeah so why don't we get into it uh why don't we start off um with outstanding drama series, and we're gonna we're gonna partner that up with outstanding limited series. Yes, because um, we have lots to say about yeah. that. I think. Can, Jen, as our as our historian, uh, can I'm you not a historian? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> can you explain what the difference is between drama series and limited series? And that used to be a different name, right? Yeah, I think outstanding limited series is new. It used to be mini series. Mm-hmm. Um, because I knew when I was reading this, I was like, oh, I don't remember a category. But I remember some of these shows, right? Yeah. Like, um, So basically, I think uh, there's definitely different rules, none of which I need to get into. But I think the basic rule is that um, what distinguishes a drama series from a limited series is that um, – even though things like American Crime or Fargo, they've been on the air for multiple seasons, from season to season, the characters and the storylines are not mm-hmm. repeated. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I don't know, like uh, like a show like Sherlock, which is a show that you're really into, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, even though that's kind of a miniseries because of the length of episodes or whatever, um, it, it doesn't apply to this. So it would have to compete in the drama series because from season to season the characters don't change whereas something like true detective on hbo the characters change from seasons one to two um and so it cannot compete as a drama series so i think that's the simplest um way that we can explain that yeah that makes most sense um and then so what are your thoughts about before we get into the nominees, and so what are your thoughts about drama series and limited series in general? Because so my thought, and we kind of alluded to this when we we're talking about TV, and I feel like um, it's weird. So like in the golden age of, of movies, or whatever, we have all these brilliant and talented filmmakers making movies, and it, I remember in like I don't know why this is my barometer or mm-hmm. my like microcosm of like TV and movies in general. But I remember in one of the seasons of Entourage. Mm-hmm. Um, they're saying they're like trying to convince uh, the main character Vinny Chase to like go to TV, and his manager says, "You go from TV to movies. You never go backwards." Yeah, right. And now, and now it's, it's that's not, the, not case, the case, you yeah. know. And I feel like you know, at first it was like, "Oh, look at like all these TV shows like Mad Men and you know The Sopranos and Breaking Bad and uh, The Wire. Look at all these like prestige shows that are um, almost like more highbrow than a lot of movies." that were being made at the time. And I feel like, so it was this transition from like movies to TV as like the truer art form, Mm -hmm. especially for like writers uh, as a writer's medium. And now it's like, 
okay, so not only is it like drama series, but now it's like limited series where like it's one complete story told, you know, in over, one yeah. season, you know, yeah. over a course of episodes. And I'm like, are we getting to a point where like it's just going to be like TV movies, you know, where it's like not even like a number of episodes, just like just a three hour or like a five, six hour block on TV. And that's going to be like. The most prestigious way to, like, tell a story. I mean, I feel like I talked about this on our very first episode when I told you I have, like, a slight obsession with, like, Korean dramas and that's how they, like... They they anthologize their entire... Like, there's no... None of this... Season two stuff, yeah. Yeah, and I also... I don't know how I feel about, like, what you just described. Like, watching something and then, like, having it go away and, like, never... Mm-hmm. getting to experience a season two of that or whatever. You, for TV, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, towards the end of their, like, a lot of the series' lives, like, you're dragging things out. I'm talking to you, Pretty Little Liars, <laughs> which they announced that it's going to end. But um, I just feel like every show, like, a max of three seasons. Like, for Across whatever. the board, for any no. show? I mean, that's generalizing, but, like, you don't need seven seasons of something. You didn't need nine seasons of, like, How I Met Your Mother or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Fair, like, fair, fair, fair. I really feel like that way, like, the writing and the storytelling gets tighter and sharper, whereas you're just dragging things on That's because true. you know you have another season and you have to make, like, more storylines over things that, like... It's like beating a dead horse, you yeah. know? I mean, that's a good point because I remember I think I, I was reading this uh, interview with Matt Weiner. He was the showrunner for Mad Men. Mm-hmm. And they were saying, um, I forget how many seasons it lasted. Was it was Mad Men seven or six? It, well, it was one of, the, one of those. Um, and they were saying how he was kind of saving bullets in the chamber for the last season, mm-hmm. right? So he, was, he wasn't putting out his best stuff because he wanted – he knew how the show was going to end two years from – the stuff he was writing yeah and a lot of the writers in his writer's room were like hey Matt, you know like this stuff just isn't for whatever reason just isn't up to the quality that we're that we're used to and i think they realized that um you just have to go all out every season you can't be saving stuff for like for later yeah you know you just have to go all out like right then and there and, I, and that's that's tough to have to do that every year but i think you're right i think a lot of people will drag things out because I, and I don't want to just put it on the showrunners because I'm sure for yeah. networks too yeah. it's a lot cheaper to Absolutely. you know you don't have to build new sets yep. you don't have to make new contracts with actors you yeah. don't need a new cast a new crew um, you just run it back and the only overhead that you have year to year is you know salaries yeah. you know you don't have to build anything new so I, I get it I totally know? get it but um, to your point yeah sometimes artistic value goes down yeah so there's, there are thoughts. Yeah. Um, should we move on to outstanding drama series? Yeah. So what do you what do you have? Mine's probably not going to be surprised, but I'm really curious as to what you thought was going to win. I honestly think. Okay, so unsurprisingly, Game of Thrones got the most nominations in. Unsurprisingly, unsurprisingly, yes. um, twenty three, and I think last year they had twenty four. Um, and then, actually, interestingly enough, there were some first time acting noms mm. for the show. So, like Kit Harrington and Maisie Williams. Yeah. Um, That's how you say her name. Is that not how you say her name? I don't know. I've never tried. Oh, I think it's Maisie. Okay, she's so cute. Let's go. Um, with that. So I, I, I kind of think that Game of Thrones will win it. Nice. Is that what you had? Yes. Yes, okay. it is. So, will win? Yes. Should win is a different story for oh. me. R- who? 
Hmm. Okay, I have thoughts. Who do yeah. you think should win? The Americans. Me too. Oh, great. Yes. And you know what? If they win, it's not going to be like a shocker. I just don't know that they will beat Game of Thrones. It's hard. It's tough. But what they have going for them. So what's interesting about this is that this is their fourth season. And mm-hmm. this is their first time being nominated for Outstanding Drama Series. And then for Outstanding Lead Actor and Lead Actress. And that doesn't happen that often, I think, for a show to be already, like, in its fourth year and you've never been nominated. Like, you can kind of count that as, like, I'm never going to be nominated. Um, So the fact that it came, it, like, rallied and, like, was able to, like, get these nominations going into the Emmys, like, they have the buzz, they have the hype. And I actually didn't watch this past season. Um, Like, I had it saved on my DVR and then Mm -hmm. I, like, Whatever. Um, we all have way too much TV to watch. But I heard that it was so great. I just didn't watch it. Um, what are your thoughts about? Yeah, I think uh, the the intense outcry last year, even the past two years. Oh, you like could the say. past three years. Yeah. I mean, I think season in. one, no one really expected it. You know, season I one. I did. Well, you, but the field was so packed back then. Like, if you think about how, like, for you, you know, what was still on that's TV. That's actually a really good point because I, I really feel like, um, like, with the, there's no dominance of Mad Men and Breaking Bad exactly. anymore, right? Exactly. So, like, now there's room. And even Modern Family, like, yes, it was nominated for Outstanding Comedy, but, like, they only got one acting nomination. Yeah. So if that freed the space up for so many different shows, which I'm actually, like, really, really, like, excited about. Mm. Um, but even so, season one of The Americans is amazing. I mean, that I remember being glued to my TV yeah. for that. So you were on the same page? Yeah, I think, oh, I think Game really of surprised. Thrones, yeah. I was not expecting that. I think Game of Thrones will win. I think The Americans should win. Um, interestingly enough, Orange is the New Black was snubbed this year. Oh, wait. Is that, like, how does that work in terms of time? Like, What do you mean? When... Does a TV show have like you know what the Oscars oh, has yeah. been released during a certain time? Like I, I so I didn't see Orange Is the New Black on here, and I assumed that it was because it wasn't released within a certain time. No, because there was such an outcry of people wow. being like, "Oh, holy!" Wow. Like you yeah. know, um, I don't know. Like I know at one point they like build themselves as a comedy, and then people were like, "You're not right. like straight right. comedy." So I think they're more of a dramedy, but at the same time, like. The the pattern is that like it's an hour long show and it is pretty serious so um, it should be under the drama category um, and like nobody got nominated like Uzo what's her last name I don't um, I know who you're talking about yeah Crazy Eye yeah Crazy Eye her name yeah. um, she won like supporting actress last year last year right and like nothing for her nothing for the show so i think a lot of people were really really surprised by that i i know i was i i just just assumed, assumed. that it was like because of a timing yeah issue. no i don't think so yeah um let's see do you have any so let's go through oh wait no let's do limited series right okay what wait you, before we do that yeah. I'm sorry we're so like disorganized um do you have any outstanding like picks for like the lead actor or lead actress oh did you, okay yeah uh i did let me take a look okay so funny enough for uh outstanding lead actor in drama series i have uh matthew reese as phil jennings on the yeah 
I, he's good. He's so good. He's and really he's good. not even American or Russian. Like, he's, like, Scottish, British. What? Like, he has a crazy accent that I can't, I I'm cannot, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, understand. Um, really? So for him to be playing a Russian playing an American is kind of crazy. I'm always... Um, I'm, yeah, but he's my pick, too. Um, he's Welsh. Oh, yeah. No. So there you go. For that alone, I'm like, oh. For that alone. Um, but do you think he'll actually win? You know what? I do. Okay. I do. I'm thinking of. I'm thinking. I would. Just, I would be really disappointed if it was Kevin Spacey. I'd be really disappointed. You know what? I I think House of Cards is on its way out in terms of the buzz. Um, I would hope so. I don't. I don't think. I don't think Kevin Spacey's going to win. I think if anybody else, it's probably going to be Rami Malek. You know Mr. what? He, Robot? Yeah, yeah. He's he's good. I thought he was much better in season. No, not that he was better in season one, but that there was more for him to do. I think this is, is season, season one. one? Yeah. Because oh, season two is just airing now, right? Yeah. Oh, you're right. It is season one. Yeah. Okay. No, it might be Rami Malik, but I still think either way it should be. Yeah, me Matthew. too. I agree. And then, then I, I think the same for Outstanding Lead Actress. I think Carrie Russell should win. How you much disagree? of that? You disagree? No, it's not. I don't necessarily disagree. How much of that would you say is colored by your love for Felicity? I love Carrie Russell, so I agree <laughs> that it might be a little bit colored by that. But okay. um, but I think the Americans wouldn't be the Americans without these two actors. You're right. You're so right. Um, to be honest, like I would love Tatiana Maslany to win because I love like what she does on Orphan Black. Hmm. She plays like thirty different characters, right, sometimes right. at the same time, like on screen. Um, but I don't think people watch enough of Orphan Black for her to have a shot. And yeah. I think for her, the nomination is probably like the a win. win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, um, I think I didn't really have any strong opinions on on that category. I would have been fine with, um, yeah, Carrie Russell or, um. Cookie from Empire. Mm-hmm. You know, I would have been fine with. You mean Taraji P Henson? Taraji P Henson, yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm sorry, I just know where it's Cookie from. <laughs> yeah. Empire. Um, or any, any. I feel like any of these women are, um, uh, are worthy of winning. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I don't think if. I don't think anyone's getting. Uh, what is it? Like the shafted. Shafted. Yeah. So. Cool. Yeah. Let's see. Do you have any thoughts on supporting? I I did not. I did not. Uh, no. The only thing is, with supporting actor, I'm pretty sure it's going to be Dinklage. Yes. You know, um, he he's so phenomenal on that show. I think. What about Jon Snow? Nah, no, I don't think so. Okay. You know, uh, I think he's good. Don't get me wrong, he's good, and he's gotten much better. better? Um, but Dinklage on that show is in a. I don't want to say a tier of there's there's a tier of actors on that show. I mean, that's the thing. It's like with Game of Thrones, it's like they keep getting um, these actors who are like so phenomenally good. They even got Ian McShane for just like an episode because people want to be on the show, right? I I don't know if it's that or you know he's not even a big Game of Thrones fan. Oh, he's not. Like they just needed and I, I think it's also the I mean, it's HBO job. pool. Yeah, you know what I mean. They just keep getting. They have access. I mean, you see it on the night of when they get like Michael K. Williams. You know, they just keep so good. Yeah, yeah. they just have these 
this this pool of resources of like HBO actors. Um, and with Game of Thrones, not only it's like a Venn diagram of like HBO actors plus like UK actors, mm. you know, and so their their bench is deep, essentially. Um, so you don't have any thoughts on the supporting actress because half of the nominees are from Game of Thrones. Okay, so I have th- thoughts not in terms of winners and losers, yeah. but I just think yeah, half of them are from Game of Thrones. So when I first saw this, um, are they all canceling each other out? Do you think that's what ha- tends to happen? You know what I think. In any other case, I would say yes, but mm-hmm. the problem, not the problem, the unique situation of Game of Thrones is very few of these actresses yeah. share scenes together. Mm, yeah, so, but so, that's not what you're... So I I think when you don't see them together, yeah, they don't really cancel each other out because they're almost like on separate shows. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know? but do you think that's the way it works for other people? I would, you know, I would assume so just because with games, it's so unique in that half the characters have never seen each other. Got it. You know, I, I think they actually shoot in different parts of the world, too. So then, you know? do you have an opinion about any of them? No. Okay. You know, um, I don't either. Yeah. I, I have a soft spot for more tyranny, but... That's oh, not like, not on the Game of Thrones. No, not on Game of Thrones. <laughs> you know, uh, ever since Newsroom, but... Yeah. Uh, I mean, that? wait. Was she on Newsroom? Yeah. She was, uh... She was the... Wait. His newsroom is the one where with Phil Hartman, right? No, the newsroom is. Oh no no no! The news newsroom? radio. I'm news thinking radio. news radio. Yeah, I was like, um, did you watch news radio? No. Oh, okay. It was before my time. <laughs> That's. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um. So yeah, I, I think any of them winning is fine. Again, I think all all deserving. Yeah. You know. I have a soft spot for Constance Zimmer, who's on Unreal because she's so good in yeah. on, on Unreal. Um, and Unreal Season 1 was, like, superb, so I wish it was nominated, but it's not. You know, one thing to note is, you know, we keep saying how, um, how like, talented these people are, and I feel like because there are so many channels and because there are so many TV shows now, I, I kind of wonder, like, are we going to run out of, like, good actors Especially because like there's so many pilots being ordered. Like you take a look at like Amazon and and Hulu, and they're coming out with original content. Um, I feel like it's it's hard. Like this gets harder every year because no, so many so many talented people are I working. I totally now. understand what you're saying, and like this year, and we were actually supposed to do like a quick episode after the, the nominations. nominations were announced yeah. because we wanted to talk about like. Um, like the nominations, but the trend that I was seeing and what I was feeling in my heart um, were all of the snubs. So when oftentimes when you talk about like snap ju- like snap judgments on like nominations, you're presenting that in the context of like who didn't get nominations, who right. got snubbed, and like this year for some reason it felt like so many more people were talking about snubs, and then I thought about it, and it's because like. Well, A, all of this is super subjective, right? Right. So, like, I am obsessed with Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I firmly believe it should be nominated for everything. Like, but that's my subjective opinion. Um, And then to add to that, when you have so much quality TV coming at you left and right from every single angle, every single platform possible, like, yeah, half the shows that you watch and you're into and half the actors that you want nominated will not be nominated. So I think, I mean, that's probably going to continue forever because because everything's a snub at this point. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's why with 
you know, I feel like with movies, like the amount of movies being made hasn't really changed. Maybe the amount of watchable movies has like changed. I'm mean, not I to like I don't know. I not, don't even know about that. But you yeah, know, not, not yeah. to like shots fired, but it's you know like the the movie landscape has not changed much, right? right. It's but the behind TV, compared to what TV is experiencing. Yeah, there are only so many uh, movie production companies, but with TV, there are now so many. Yeah, channels and you can get it creating content. You can, yeah, you can watch anything any. Fair. Yeah, so I, I that's the that's that's the the struggle that I'm that I'm having right now with uh, with TV. Um, I mean, you alluded to it earlier, you know, talking about the Americans, where it's like, how many of us have like, okay, so like your mail, your email, right? Mm-hmm. Here, here's a question. I'm just gonna shine the dark. Um, how many unread emails do you have? Personal. Personal, sure. Like forty five. Forty five. Yeah. Right. That's not bad. Right. Double digits. Right. Um, you try to get it to zero as often as you can, right? Sure, yeah. Um, I used to do that with my DVR. I used to love having oh my gosh. nothing you, on my DVR. When my DVR gets like 25% full, I get like anxiety. Oh, wait, and do, it, are you it, able to get it to zero? No, I never, Impossible, I've right? never gotten it to zero. Oh, wait, you're saying 25% full or 25% left? Uh, like full, but then it goes Past I mean, that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's like 80% and I'm just like, what do I do? Yeah. Like stop being a loser and stop watching TV, <laughs> but like whatever. <laughs> so I feel like it's the same thing where like with my email, like I love to keep it down and I'm, that's like my personality in like all facets of my life. But with my DVR, it is it impossible, yeah. impossible, you know? And so I feel like that's where we're at with TV. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else in drama or? No, but let's move on to limited. Limited. All right. Who did you have for? What do you have for limited series? Um, okay, so the People versus O.J. Simpson yeah. needs to win everything that should, will, has to, must, all done. of it. Done. It's just done. So we don't even have to really talk about this, I guess. But like every actor, actress, supporting actor in limited series that's been nom- like they've do- dominated all of the acting categories, right? As they should. As they should. Um, and some are competing against each other, yeah. which is totally fine. But I have thoughts on who I think will win. Ooh, interesting. Um, interesting. Out I'm, of I'm them. Very, I'm very curious. Okay. Um, let's let's go, you know, let's go lead actress. Okay. Let's go lead actress. Who do you have in lead actress? So Sarah Paulson, who played Marsha Clark, she's the Word. only... I mean, she's the only nominee for uh-huh. the show, and there's literally no way she's not going to win this. Oh, you think so? Right, yeah. That makes me very happy to hear. Yeah, there's no way. I would, I would really, really love to see Felicity Huffman win because I thought she was great in American Crime. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But no, this year is going to be People v. O.J. Simpson. Awesome. They're going to sweep. So happy to hear. So she doesn't really have competition in that sense. She's not competing with anybody. Sarah Paulson's not competing with anybody in that category. When you, of the show. Okay, that's what you mean. From her okay. other show. Not in general, just from the show. From the show. Okay. But when you get into, like, lead actor, uh, you have Cuba Gooding Jr., who played O.J. Simpson, uh-huh. versus Courtney B. Vance, who played Johnny Cochran. Mm-hmm. I think Johnny Cochran. I think so, too. Or Courtney B. Vance, I guess I, I should say. Yeah. Um, Cuba Gooding Jr. was fine, but you know what? The narrative of that, sh- the, sh- the success of the show was never about his performance or him. Um, and I think that, I don't, he might have looked at this as, like, his career resurgence or career comeback, and I don't necessarily think it did that for him. Um. I think it did it for someone else on the show. Oh, completely. I think, I think I, yeah, yeah. Okay. 
Go. Do you wait? Do you know who I'm talking about? I, I think, think so. I, I think I think you do. Um, yeah, I have Courtney B. Vance as well, just because with Cuba Gooding Jr. You, you ever watch those like Twenty uh, Twenty? You ever watch Twenty Twenty with Barbara Walters? Mm-hmm. Who's not doing it anymore? She's not what really? Yeah, she's retired. I mean, oh. she does sometimes, but it's like you Elizabeth Vargas. I, I haven't care. watched Twenty Twenty since I used to watch TGIF because it was right after. TGIF. Oh yeah. But so you know how they. Do the recreation of like a thing, and it's like on the bottom, it's like this is a dramatization, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Um, I feel like when I watched Cuba Gooding Jr.'s OJ Simpson on the bottom right corner, it all it should have said like this is a dramatization. I couldn't get over the fact that it was clearly Cuba Gooding Jr., yeah. Um, he didn't even look the part, OJ Simpson was like a football player, you know, he was like yeah, a running back, he was like a comparatively, he's tiny, yeah, yeah. Um, but Courtney B. Vance, I mean, there were times where I'm like, this, this guy thinks he's Johnny Cochran. I love, and they look like so alike. It, it was he was he was so good, and you're really, right. Really Narratively, um, you know the whole uh, you know racial tension, you know, and it was so ironic that it when it aired, mm-hmm. you know, and what was happening, you know, in our time, you know, before, during, and right after, you know, that show. Um, it was really about you know. I think when you talk about Johnny Cochran, you think of him. Before this show, I thought of him a lot like a punchline. Um, but when I watch this show, it really helps me remember that, you know, um, this was a, an African-American lawyer yeah. who um, was very prominent, and but, but he kept his finger on the pulse of yeah. racial tension and yeah. then grabbed the bull by the yeah, horn. and used it to ultimately to win. Yeah, yeah. and so, uh, yeah, I think it illustrated that Extremely well, and so yeah, I think Courtney B. Vance is the way to go. Um, let's go to supporting actor. Yes, so this is the most crowded category in terms of the cast members from People versus O.J. Simpson. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, who do we have? Oh, we have the Sterling K. Brown, mm-hmm. who was uh, Christopher, Christopher Darden. Darden. Yep. We have uh, David Schwimmer as Robert Kardashian. We have John Travolta as Robert Shapiro. Am I missing anyone else? Nope. Okay. So those three. This was the category I was talking about. Who do you, who do you have? A hundred percent Sterling K. Brown. Really? No, oh, no, no. I don't. Really? What? Who are you talking about? David Schwimmer. Interesting. Very interesting. All right, you go first. You 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 go first. Right, do you want me to go first? Or do you want to? Go first? Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, you go ahead. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. He was phenomenal. That is so weird, Steve. Because I really would have bet so much money that you would have thought. You would have put Sterling K. Brown as the breakout star. I mean, I, um, no, I think he was. I, I don't. I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree that. So you, but you, what are you saying? Are you saying that David Schwimmer is going to? Or you expect David Schwimmer to win? Or? I kind of do. Oh, that's so interesting. I, I don't think that do. at all. You know, what? I guess for me, it's because. Uh, so okay, so we both grew up during the Friends. Generation, yeah, I'm, I right? love David Schwimmer. I love David Schwimmer, and it's just when I see him as not as Ross. playing someone. That Other is not Ross. Ross. Yeah, um, it's hard for me to it's hard for me to see him and not see David Schwimmer playing the character. I, I, yeah. I see Ross playing the character, yeah. right? Um, and this was the first time where I was like, I didn't see Ross, you know. And I guess for me, maybe I'm that like colors my perception of like who's going to win this award. Mm-hmm. Um, don't get me wrong, Sterling K. Brown was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. He was so good as Chris Darden. I actually liked. His performance better than uh, Courtney B. Vance's. Me I, too. I, I yeah. think I think it's really close. Um, but David Schwimmer, 
as Robert Kardashian, I like I can't get over it. You, you know that one Calling episode? Him juice. Calling him juice all the time. And you know that one scene where um, it's with the girls yes. in the restaurant. If you watch no other scene, that scene. I can't. That's the where he explains like fame to them. Yes, I mm-hmm. can't get over that. Mm-hmm. I just can't. And yeah. so, you know, just for that alone, I okay. think I, I had him. But I mean, not to say that I think it should be him. That's yeah. just my pick. No, know? I I think it's gonna be Sterling K. Brown. No. Um, I think that. Uh, what was interesting was that I think not a lot of people. I don't, I mean, I guess this was a dramatization, but like, but then in interviews, Marsha Clark sort of alluded to like, like maybe chemistry something and stuff. happening with uh-huh. him, her and um, Christopher Darden. But I think the show was the first time where people were like, oh, like something might have been going on between those two. And like, it was so believable because the chemistry between the two were so great mm-hmm. and like. I don't know. I found him so like attractive. <laughs> and I mean, as he's a person, really good. as a person of color mm-hmm. who is def- who is the on the yeah. opposite side of yeah. his family, his friends, and literally like everybody around him, to be that lone guy on that yeah. team, um, the conflicting emotions. Just I just thought like his performance was so good, and I. I I think I don't know. I think he'll take it. Yeah, I mean, I think with either one, I'd be more than a hundred percent supportive of it. Yeah, and I had no idea who he was or what like before, and now I'm just like I'm gonna watch. Yeah, I mean, we were because we were alive during that time, but we weren't like functioning adults. You oh, know? you mean the actual the time. actual? Oh, okay, event, I meant yeah. like I had no idea who Sterling K. Oh, 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 yeah. I thought no, you I know Chris who Darden. Chris Darden okay. was, but. Chris Darden's not attractive. Sterling K. Brown is so attractive. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, did you have any other thoughts nope. on limited series? Okay, great. Um, comedy. Why don't we move on to comedy? This is so, my favorite category. I think it's the category we both have the most thoughts on. Yes. Um, Unless Modern Family wins, in which case, let's just, I can't, let's just pack I can't, up and I can't, never I, talk about I, pop culture imagine, again. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. I I don't think it's going to happen because just the fact that only Ty Burrell got nominated for an acting nomination this year. You think that's a good like it's that's a, a good it's a good sign. It? It's a good sign. Yeah, yeah. Okay. they're okay. not dominating anymore. Okay. Um, and look, it has nothing to do with Modern Family. Modern Family as a show by itself is fine. It does its job. It's a family I show. Disagree. I'll disagree. I mean, it's actually, like, it was. It's I think whatever. I'm harsher than you are. Yeah. Yeah. I still watch it. I don't. But I think I just watch it because I'm like now I'm like invested in the characters and I just feel the need to like carry it out. Um, but when you compare it to like everything else that's out there and it keeps racking up these awards and it keeps racking up these ratings, yeah. that's when I get upset. Yeah, I agree. I, my thoughts. I think I think you have more thoughts than I do. So I'm gonna I'm gonna delve into it a little bit. But for me, I was making this uh, illustration with you before we recorded, which was um, if you take movies from like the 80s and 90s, a lot of them are kind of hard to watch because they're unrealistic. They ask audiences to make giant uh, leaps in terms of like uh, suspending their their belief. Um, And with Modern Family, I feel like it's – every year that goes by, it really dates itself because a lot of the characters have become caricatures. Mm -hmm. And And I guess they're they're not really modern – a modern family anymore, right? Like I would agree with that. Two gay sure. couples, like 
that's not it's not a thing anymore. Exactly. I mean, I guess depending on where you live, sure. but but for the most part, sure. yeah, it's not unheard of mm-hmm. anymore. Um, and so, you know, I think some of the best comedies on TV um, are ones that are not filled with caricatures, but they're ones that are filled with um, like real, like real characters that you can identify yeah. with. Um, and I think just in general, I think comedies are on the rise again just because, you know, an hour is a long time to uh, to watch a TV show now. An hour is a long time to do anything yeah. anymore. And just I don't, one, I don't to do even, one single thing, yeah. you know? I don't even have ADHD, but, like, I, like, find myself struggling when a show is, like, an hour. Yeah, unless it's, like, an event. Like, uh, unless it's event television, yeah. you know? And so I think the 30-minute medium... Um, is gonna. I think in the next few years it'll probably take off, and I think we'll see more and more thirty-minute shows. Just because you know, listen. I mean, you just especially if you are able to get it on Netflix or a streaming platform or um, you know web app. Uh, you'll. It's not even thirty minutes. It's like twenty-three. Yeah. You know, without commercials. Right. And so I think we'll see a lot more of those. So um, I think Modern Family more every like year that goes by it becomes like harder and harder to watch. And for me, I think even like even when I watch the show, I don't watch a lot of it. Um my brother does. Mm-hmm. And so like sometimes I'll I'll catch it when he's watching it. Yeah. And I don't like it when I can see the writing in the acting. And it's like, you know, page 1, page 2, you know, joke. Yeah. You know, page 3, page 4, joke. You know, set up, set up, scene, joke. You know, and it's like so. It's like the beats. I don't like seeing the beats and being like, "Oh, here's the setup. Here's the joke. Oh, here's the end where you know they tie it all together and there's a lesson." Blah blah. blah. Um. So I have a question. Go for it. Do you watch Blackish? Uh, a little bit, a little bit. So they're both on ABC, right? Yeah. They're both on a very traditional yes. sort of. They're both about family. Uh-huh. They're both about like uh-huh. suburban life. And so, if when you're saying that about Modern Family, I also do think that um, I, I see, I Blackish exactly follows yeah. the same I, setup, sort of, right? It does, yeah. So then, why are you not like? What makes you go on a tirade about Modern Family yeah, but yeah, yeah, not yeah. about Blackish? Yeah, uh, that is a great question because of what Blackish tackles. Yeah, you know that. You know, there's that one episode where they're talking. Do you know where I'm? Do you know where I'm going with this? I have notes on it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll I'll let you. No. I'll let you. No, no. I'll let you do that. But I'll I'll tee it up, and then you can knock it out of the park, right? So, uh, do you get that analogy? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yes, I, I do get that. Analogy. <laughs> Thank you. I'm just I'm just making sure. <laughs> I'm like, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> so I think you know, with Blackish, it's the subject matter that it tackles, and that's why I think Blackish is fine. You know, it's totally. Can I play? I don't know, devil's Devil's advocate advocate for a second. Yeah, for sure. Because I know where you're going with this, and I would completely agree with you. I mean, I do agree with you, but like playing devil's advocate. Yeah, yeah. Blackish doesn't tackle like race or hard hitting subjects every episode. Mm -hmm. And the episode Mm -hmm. I think you're going to allude to that, um, it was one of their best episodes, but that's not the show every week. Agreed. Agreed. Right? Yeah. So so then what? No, that's that's an absolutely fair question. I think for me it's at least uh, the opportunities mm. present itself. Got it. With Blackish. That's yeah. why um that's why I'd actually be 
not upset if it won, but I'd be like, hmm. You know? Um, I think it's fine. I think it's good. I don't think it's great. Um, And I think with Modern Family, like, like at least with Blackish, it puts something on the table. Yeah. With Modern Family, I don't think it offers anything. Right. You know? Uh, I think that's the difference. Yeah. I I want to say, like, so when we're talking about something that has, like, cultural meaning or significance or whatever, and I don't mean to keep going back to, like, the two gay couple thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess there's an opportunity for them to talk about, like, same-sex, like, couple, like, whatever. And I don't know that they've actually ever taken it. Like, I don't know that their daughter, Lily, has ever come home from school being like, how come I have two daddies and, like, whatever. Do you know what I mean? So maybe that is what sets it, like, apart. Because here's a show that's, like, you know, quote-unquote modern in, like, the way, like, families and family, like, structures are. Mm -hmm. And they're presenting themselves as that. Yeah. But what do you do with that, I think, is the difference, right? So for Blackish, like, yes, like, it, at the end of the day, when you strip everything down, it's about, it's a suburban family sitcom that we've seen time and time again. But they have opportunities to talk about things like race, and they take it and they do it. Whereas I don't think that Modern Family does Mm -hmm. when they could, and they have the platform to do so. So maybe that is the difference. Yeah. Um, but I think the episode that Steve and I are both alluding to is the po- – are you talking about the police brutality one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so, like, the family is, like, watching news of um, police brutality, like, unfolding, and they, like, address it by reacting to what's happening. Yeah. And not all the family members have the same opinion about – especially the parents don't have the same opinion about how they should treat the subject matter with their kids. Um but it's just it opens up this opportunity for discussion not only within that family but as you the viewer watching yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, I really like watching that show or that episode. I really felt like it's such a good case for like how TV shows and particularly like family sitcoms and family shows can still matter, absolutely. can still be timely. And, like, can also, like, connect, like, fragmented audiences. Mm. And so it's not, like, joke after joke after joke. But, like, we can be funny but, like, also, like, talk about something that's, like, relevant at the same time. So for that episode alone, I think Blackish should win Best Comedy. Oh, wow. But, but, but I have a fave. I have a personal favorite. Okay. Wait, but what do you have? What? Well, No. We talked about this. You want you think Beep's gonna win. I think I think so. Yeah, yeah. I do too. I, I totally agree with you. I think Beep will totally win. Um also because like the shenanigans that happen on that like that political fictional world is kind of starting to mirror like what's happening in real life in yeah, our real a world. Bit. Um so I actually wouldn't be surprised if Beep won, but um I think I talked a little bit about this before, but I love Master of None. Yes, yes, yes. Um and for me, like, Blackish, Master of None, like, either of those shows winning would have such cultural significance. Even Transparent, like, that winning, like, yeah. would have so much meaning. Um, but for me, like, Master of None is, like, my favorite show on Netflix. Really? And I haven't watched Stranger Things yet, so maybe that will change. But, like, I just think the show's really smart. It's really funny. Ultimately, it's, like, warm. Uh-huh. Um 
and it like takes on like these like big social issues but it's like filtered down through the perspective of like a very small not small minded but like yeah he's like an immature like guy and um, I feel like in a way like it's a little bit like those like family comedies where like there's a problem a little bit yeah and then it it does get wrapped up at the end, but it's not like the full house cheesy kind of way that it's exactly. wrapped up. Or even the um, modern family cheese. Or even the modern family kind of thing. Um, but I also, like the episode that everyone talks about is like, it's called Parents. And it's it's like, it delves into like um, Aziz Ansari's character's like parents' immigrant story. Oh, and like it's a yeah, story yeah, that yeah, he's yeah, taken yeah. for granted. I've he's always like, yeah. you know, like he doesn't want to talk to his parents ever and like, it like it delves into it and it makes him more like appreciative of their experiences and how their experiences like really shape the way like for him to like have this life that he has and it like totally made me more curious about like my own parents lives and like the life that defined them before getting to this country like which I don't talk to them about or ask them about nearly nearly as much as I should mm-hmm. um so it was so good and um his dad is his real life dad plays his Right, plays right. his dad on the show and like he's like um he's kind of like the breakout star um yeah i, I did you ever see this instagram post from what aziz? are we looking at oh aziz ansari's instagram we're yeah, so looking it, at a picture of his dad and so he and his dad were on colbert um and then so it, it reads uh aziz ansari says his dad took off most of the vacation time for the year to act in master of none and he's glad it worked out. And then after they did Colbert, his dad said, this was fun. I liked acting in the show, but I really just did mm. it so I could spend more time with you. Mm. You know? Um, and you know, he goes into how, like, uh, he and his parents didn't – it's like their open lines of communication were something that happened fairly recently. Yeah. You know? And so, it, yeah, he, I think it's a great show. And I think he, he – who is his partner – Alan Yang. Alan Yang. I love him so much. Alan Yang, if you're one of the one listener that's listening to the show, <laughs> call me. I love you. Uh, they do. They do a great job. Yeah. Um, and so I would. I think I'd be much. Not not that I really care about this stuff, but like it would make more sense to be a master of none one over over blackish. I don't think I put them in the same category. I think I do in terms of cultural impact, like yeah. you said. Yeah. But at, at least in terms of like. TV making, uh, I, I, I think I'd put Master of None ahead, but yeah, I think I think nothing touches Veep. Yeah, in this. I think you're right too, and that just bleeds over into like the acting categories as well. Uh-huh. So I really think that like they'll just sweep. Um, I so think, Julia yeah. Louis Dreyfus and like even Tony Hale. Um, I, it's just funny, like if you if you think about it, like you take a look at um, is it is his name Michael Richards, the guy who played Kramer. Oh, yeah? Something like that. And then Jason Alexander. Yeah. It's like every one of them. And I, I think even Julia Louis-Dreyfus, all, everyone had another show on NBC and they all failed. Mm-hmm. And I used to think like oh, when I was younger before I knew the anything. The Seinfeld curse. Yeah. I was like, oh, maybe like it was just a perfect storm. Yeah. You know, maybe it was just a perfect storm. And then I watched Julia Louis-Dreyfus on this and I'm like, no, she is, she's a she's monster. She's great. She's so good. I'm a little bit tired of her winning things, but whatever. Yeah. She deserves it. I, I, I think with me, yeah, I, I think it, for me, I'm not as sick of it just because she deserves it. When I watch when I watch Veep, it's like, you know how I told you with, uh, what is it, with uh, Modern Family, it's like it's the same beats. It's like 
it's like watching 90s sitcoms all over again, mm-hmm. you know? But with Veep, when I watch Veep, I get the sense that it's like the same uh, almost like sensation as when I used to watch 30 Rock. You know, it's just on like one after yeah. another after another. Yeah. And they don't spend too much time. It's just, it's like gone. It's like, it's there and gone, you know? And uh, for a lot of those, it's like with 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 30 Rock and with Veep, I'll pause and rewind. To, because the jokes are so it's, mile a minute and like it's so, so fast. funny and it's so, so deep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's that, it really, it's. It's reminiscent of when I used to watch like Thirty Rock. Yeah, you know, that's 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 the feeling I get, and that's why I feel like it's just on a different level. What do you think of um, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? Do you like the show? I do, okay. I do, and I think I don't know if it's because I have an affinity for Tina Fey. Yeah, and I know that I don't know how involved like, she is. I, she's the executive producer, so she's pretty involved. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, because you keep you talked about Thirty Rock, and so like when I watch Unbreakable, like. It reminds me of the feelings that I got when I watched Thirty yeah. Rock, and I do like who plays Kimmy Schmidt. What's her name? Ellie Kemper is so cute. She's great. She's great. So I, if, I really like. Julia Louis Dreyfus doesn't win. I would want Ellie Kemper to win. Yeah, I mean, I remember her from uh, The Office. Oh, you know, Aaron. that's yeah. That's when I first. That's what, oh God. I'm I'm really glad I didn't say anything. Cause I was like, what's her name again? Aaron something. Yeah. And, no, but that's that's yeah, the character that's from character. no. But I meant like her real name. Ellie Kemper. Gonna, yeah. Um, and so yeah, I think I th- I think she's great. I think uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt is great. Um, but I just you know for whatever reason, Julie Louis Dreyfus and Veep are just on another level. Right One now. thing about Ellie Kemper, I think it's really really hard to play such a positive upbeat character oh, without it coming off as annoying. Yes. Or like yes. you know like and she plays that balance so well because she's so believable and she's so endearing and you like her. But like if someone was like that in real life, oh, you, you want to kill them? Like slap them in yeah. the face. So um, I think that's a testament to her skills. That's that's a really good. Point. And that's John really Hamm good. was her um, acting teacher in high school. Did you know that? Get <laughs> yeah. out of here. Yeah, that's John Hamm of Mad Men. Where are they? And of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Yes. Yeah. All right. Interesting. Excellent. Uh. Did you have any other thoughts on any of the... Uh, um, I don't actors? except to just say that... Well, first of all, I wish that Fresh Off the Boat was nominated because I actually think Fresh Off the Boat is like super funny. But even more really? so than Fresh Off the Boat, um, Constance Wu, who makes the show what it is. She's... She's not I nominated. She, I think she's... She's a lot better than the dude. I don't know who the dude is. Oh, Randall she, Park? Yeah, no. She's a lot better. And, but the character itself and the way it's written, like, she's, it's meant for her to steal the show. Oh, um, uh, And she's actually really, really, like, really smart and well-spoken, especially around, like... like in real life. Mm-hmm, Asian-American issues and, like, Asian representation in the media. Like, she's done a couple of interviews where I've been really, really impressed with her. So um, I kind of wish she had uh, been nominated, but... Um, uh, if Blackish wins, keep going back to that Blackish. Win. Yeah, sorry, because I had this stat and I wrote it down, or I had this fact and I wrote it down. Okay, okay. So we've not had a show focused on black characters be nominated for outstanding comedy. Don't say since the Cosby. Yeah, since the eighties. Get out of here. The Cosby Show won in 1985, and that was the last time that happened. Like, you know, Ugh. and so 
you would think like with the Cosby show winning, like that would have that opened the doors yeah. and it's just been that 20 years later, Blackish wow. wow. became the first. So it is, I mean, it would have a lot of cultural significance, mm-hmm. but you know, I think it's Veep's year, so yeah, we'll see. Uh, the only other note that I had was, um, what is it? Keegan-Michael Key as various characters on Key and Peele. Yeah. Um, I only know that not because I think he should win, but I always thought, like, you're, did you ever watch Chappelle's show? Mm-hmm. Does he remind you of Chappelle? He does not, but I always felt like Chappelle should have at least gotten nominated for the same thing, various characters. I think yeah. it's tough. Like, you know, you, you mentioned the, the girl from Orphan Black. I think anytime you play multiple characters. Oh, Totally. And you do it well. Yeah. It's like, come on. I, I don't but know. But, like, I actually, I don't that. understand, because um, I love Key and Peele, and I watch the show a lot, uh-huh. and was sad when it was canceled, but, like, I think for things like this, like, he gets more of the, what's his name? Peele? No. Uh, Key? No. Yeah. Key, right? Keegan-Michael Key. Keegan-Michael Key gets more of the, like, accolade. Oh, interesting. And, like, for me, like, I can't tell them... Apart, not in terms of what they look like, because they look completely different, but, like, in terms of their, like, talent and skills, I don't understand why he gets singled out and Jordan Peele doesn't. I can see it a little Do bit. Do you? I, a little bit. A little like, bit. How does, I mean, okay. I don't know. When I watch their sketches. You think he's better? Or whatever? His part usually, his punchlines usually make me laugh the most. Oh, okay. Yeah. But it's also because I feel like um, Jordan Peele almost has this, like, like gravitas or like seriousness to him so he ends up playing a lot of the straight girl characters yeah. right yeah 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 and that's like true. while like the other guy just like is like crazy and like plays that, like that's angry true. Obama or whatever that is true and so yeah. it's like it's I don't know like I just am like I don't understand the singling out because they're a duo they have the same amount I of like whatever but yeah. I like both of them so it doesn't matter um you have anything else for comedy mm, no except uh, Crazy Ex Girlfriend is a show on the CW and it's awesome. And uh, has a show on the CW ever been nominated for anything? I don't think so. But that's also a shame, don't you think? Is it? Yeah. Why? I because why? Because not there that I don't are believe you, shows I on the CW that's not terrible, right? Jane the Virgin, Crazy Ex Girlfriend. Um, I'm gonna stop right there. But like. <laughs> I mean, plenty of people love, like, Flash and The 100 and all these other shows that are on it that I don't watch. But, like, I do think that they get written off because of this, like, I don't know, stigma or reputation that they've had of being, like, a lesser of the whatever. But when you think about it, this whole time we've been talking about quality TV coming from all sorts of walks of, like, life or whatever – and then, and then you like you're actually on a network, and you can't get nominated because of the network you're on. Or like, even when I tell people that I love the show Unreal, even the season two was kind of uneven, and they're like, "Oh, great! Where can I watch it?" I'm like, Lifetime. <laughs> like, and they're like, "I'm not watching a show on Lifetime." I'm like, "You don't understand. It's a good show. I'm sorry that it's on a, on a uh, network that like does like movie of the." N- week or whatever um so i i mean i think it's kind of unfair um and also again another plug for crazy ex-girlfriend it's doing something that like no other show is doing like she's putting together these musical numbers and i think it it won two emmys at the technical awards this past Uh week um like choreography or whatever but 
um, it's fascinatingly original and what, like, it's just not on anyone's radar in terms of, like, awards and stuff because it's on the CW. Do you know what I mean? I hear you. I hear you. Um, yeah, I think just real quick, like, with the CW, I, I totally hear what you're saying. I totally yeah. agree. It's just when I see the shows they have coming down the pipeline, it always seems to be high, high floor, low ceiling. You know what I mean? Where um, And there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing like, – like you said, there – there is good quality television being made there. Mm-hmm. It's just when I take a look at the stuff here, it, the highs are a lot higher. Yeah. And some of the, um, if you take a look at the networks, the lows are much lower. Mm-hmm. But I think the highs are much higher. I think yeah. I think that's probably no, what, what's being reflected. You know what's interesting? Um, you know, last season, like Supergirl on CBS was yes. like so hyped and like whatever. And I actually watched it and I really, really liked it. Mm-hmm. You know it's coming back to, to CW, right? CW. Yes. I mean, CW and CBS like belong to the same like, like whatever. Viacom? Really? They're owned by the same, that's why they're allowed to do that. Really? Um, and then they had a crossover episode with like The Flash, I think, and yeah. they're allowed to do that because like they're in the same family. But like when I did hear that news, I was like, oh no, poor Supergirl. But like I shouldn't because now I'm like, I'm like sitting here like defending exactly. CW, yeah. but like, yeah, I get it. All right. Let's go ahead to a Variety. Yeah. Outstanding Variety talk series. Um. Why don't why don't you take this? Why don't you take this? You sure. had some thoughts. I do have some thoughts. I feel badly don't. for a lot of people oh, um, nice. that were not nominated. Um, you, so, why don't I read the yeah, why don't I why read don't the list that? of nominees? Yeah. All right. So <clears throat> the first one we have is uh, comedians and cars getting coffee. Is that the one with Jerry Seinfeld? Yes. Uh, it's uh, on Crackle. Crackle. I don't even know what that is. Uh, things on Crackle can get nominated. That's true. Uh, we have the late. Late Show with James Corden, mm-hmm. uh, Jimmy Kimmel Live with uh, Jimmy Kimmel, obviously. Uh, last Week, Tonight with John Oliver, Real Time with Bill Maher, mm-hmm. and The Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon. Yep. Some notable names missing. Yes. I think the biggest one is that um, since the departure of John Stewart, The Daily Show has struggled to find its footing and its buzz, which is kind of unfortunate because this year the election year should be their jam. Exactly. Um, and Trevor Noah just hasn't been doing that for them for whatever reason. And um, so it has to sting that in in this transitional period, this is the first year in 16 years where... 16, wow. ...where The Daily Show has not been nominated for this category. The other um, same sort of Comedy Central alum. Uh-huh. Um, so Stephen Colbert left his, like, show on Comedy Central. The Colbert and then, Report. Uh-huh. The Colbert Report. And then took over David Letterman's slot on CBS. The Late Show, yeah. The Late Show. And this is the first year since 2004 that Stephen Colbert hasn't been nominated for anything. Yeah, that's crazy. Which is a shame because I truly feel like... He's been doing good stuff. Yeah, and between the Kimmels and the Fallons... Nothing wrong with those guys, but, like, he's... I feel like he's, like, the smartest, more thoughtful of the late-night shows. And I knew his show was going to be different because the first episode, he had President Vice President Joe Biden on. And so I knew, like, okay, this is a guy who doesn't care about, like, carpool karaoke or, like, playing charades with, like, guests and, like, whatever. But... 
but his show's not nominated, and I think his spot went to Late Late Show with James, James Corden, Gordon, who yeah. I love. Actually, he's great. He's good. I really, really like him. He's a huge star in the UK. Yeah, I was shocked he, when you told and me when that. he started here, like nobody really knew him. I think he was in like Into the Woods by the time he had moved over to that show. But he tells a really funny story of how like on his like second day of work, like he forgot his like work badge, and like the security guard wouldn't let him into the lot. And he's like, "Who are you?" And he's like. James Corden of the Late Late Show and the bulletin advertising his show was like and he's like that's that's me and like that's how like unfamous he was uh-huh. um and carpool karaoke like it's taken over Man, that it's crazy right yeah. the thing that I do like about James Corden's show is that like when he has the the guest portion of the show he does it like the British style which is to have all the guests on the show come out at the same time and they have a chat together. Whereas every other... Um, oh, like Graham Norton, right? Like Graham Norton. Whereas the other shows, like, they interview, like, one, one guest at a time. time. Um, so it makes for, like, interesting, like, dynamics. Um, it doesn't always work when, like, one guest is boring or, like, both guests are boring or whatever. But I, I appreciate, like, the sort of, like, I guess the breath of fresh air that he's, like, bringing. Um... But yeah, like I don't know, like I feel really weird that like the Daily Show is not a part of this, and like <coughs> Stephen Colbert is not a part of this like mix. Yeah, I, I think for me, it's alarming that uh, late night talk shows haven't changed much in the past like fifty years. You know, yeah, or, or forty. The years. same and, format, right? Yeah, and it's a shame that b- besides comedians and cars getting coffee. Uh, I feel like they're not really rewarding the people that are doing things a little differently. Um, the other, the other one that we're missing here, um, I don't think he's his like streak is, was quite as long as um, Colbert's. But um, what is it? A Conan isn't on here. You know, I don't think Conan's been on here for a while. It's been. It's been. I don't think since he left NBC. Well, and, he didn't. Oh, not, NBC, not even like NBC left him, or, or not even. Since he left the twelve thirty time slot, yeah, you yeah. know, and so you know, we love Conan. Love Conan. I, I mean, we I think we're talking Conan. about it before, but I don't even think he pulls in a million viewers anymore. I don't think so. You know? I think I probably what keeps him on the air are like some of his clips going viral. Like you know, yeah, he does yeah. he does put out content that like people like to watch. It's just, it's not on TBS. And I think, I mean, maybe that is on trend with everything that we're seeing. And all of this stuff, like, actually, that's a really interesting segue, but, like, or point. Like, all of these late-night hosts try to do these, like, outlandish things, and they're all sort of bite-sized so that yeah. it could be on YouTube. So, yeah. like, for them, success they know no one's like watching 20 million on YouTube, not... Because who stays up at, like, 12.35 anyway to, like, watch, like, whatever, right? So the measure of success for all of these variety shows is no longer on TV. Yeah. And so I think that's maybe Conan's saving grace. Yeah. The yeah, fact yeah. that he's getting no ratings on TBS, but he's still talked about, like, when he goes to, like, I don't know, like, Korea or, like, when he goes to Cuba. Like, right. people talk about it. And I love when he does, like, Comic-Con and, like, makes fun of all the geeks. Like, um so what's sort of killing television is kind of saving Conan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I feel like, uh, I don't know, with late night TV, it's just like, it's just a shame. Like, James Corden, Jimmy Kimmel, and Jimmy Fallon, like, they kind of all do the 
the same thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, at least when it was like Leno and, and Letterman and and Conan when he when he was doing it, um, they each they each had like their own style. They each felt different. Yeah, they each felt sure. different. Now it's just like. They all. I mean, you have. They all have their Jimmies. own stick. Yeah, they all have their. So they have stick. the same names, pretty much. <laughs> like Fallon is like it's like a celebrity slumber party. Yeah. You know, with yeah. Jimmy Kimmel, it's like mean tweets, and you know when they're on. Um, I don't know what is it Hollywood Boulevard or yeah, wherever, and they do like the interviews. You know. Um, or you know, with James Corden, it's carpool karaoke, and I think carpool karaoke. Even that, I'm kind of like swinging the other way with it, the other side of the pendulum, where I'm just like, I get it. You know, but yeah. not it. It got to a point where like um, the first few were like super entertaining, and now it's like I can't, I don't even watch them anymore. You know, especially you I'll, I'll watch the Britney one. <laughs> I'll watch the Britney one. Um, but yeah, uh, that's what I had for Friday. Do you have any other thoughts? Well, I, then I um, the only sort of se- um, show I guess or series that I think deserves to win is late night late week to last week tonight which I'll oh, I mean it that's um, the that's the one with the most substance yeah. and it won it, really is. it won the writing at the technical awards oh it did okay, the creative great. award so I'm pretty sure it's gonna win um so yeah and know. you know what good for him because he's totally. the one that's I mean I I'm pretty sure they offered him the daily show and yeah and, H- he, yeah. and he didn't take it because he was like why would I work you know yeah, it's for, so smart of him. Like film something, you know, on weekdays when you know, he now he just has one one night a week. You know, I think. And I love 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 what he does, which is like really delve into something, right? Yeah. So he has the time and the space. Oh to, man! Like some of those segments fully unpack yeah. an issue instead of like here's like ten minutes on like like I don't know the political landscape. Here's ten minutes on like exactly. Like, so, exactly. Um, I mean, it's a lot more substance there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. he's like. It's such a joy to see him like get all like worked up and like rageful and like pound the desk and scream about stuff. So, all right, um, you know, with that, we'll we'll take a break and then we'll come back with with our obsessions. Yeah. yeah? All right, sounds good. We'll be right back. Hey guys, uh, we're back and uh, so let's go into our obsessions of the week. I know this episode is running a little long, so you know, we'll, I don't think I don't think there's too much substance. Behind our obsessions this week. I think more yours than mine. I don't know. I don't know about that. Well, anyway, my obsession of the week actually isn't so much a... Well, it's a teaser. It's a trailer um, for season two of Stranger Things. Question. Answer. A Netflix produced trailer or like a yeah. fan made no 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 a, a, a Netflix, okay. yeah, yeah no a real netflix produced i was like is this trailer? like a fanfic no. of it, like <laughs> it was their announcement that there was a season two for oh that's Stranger an Things. interesting model right yeah, yeah. Like, so all it is is it's uh the theme music um and the word season two mm-hmm. um stylized the way uh stranger things was in its um intro mm-hmm. theme um and then it has it will flash the names of the episodes of season two and the reason how many uh it's like eight or ten i forget exactly what it is um and the reason i'm obsessed with this is one i was trying to like figure out what the plot was going to be All from based the, the based off the titles uh but then more interesting i personally thought what was more interesting was that so they're airing it in 2017 Summer, right? Summer, I believe it's summer of 2017. Um, and so 
they may have announced it now, but I have a sneaky suspicion that this has probably been in the works a lot longer than that. Um, and that's why I'm so interested because, um, you know, I feel like Netflix kind of greenlights everything and they make seasons two, three, four of of everything. And, you know, when we were talking about this before recording, you brought up you brought up something very interesting, which is there was only one show in Netflix's history that has been canceled. I don't know if it's the only show. Maybe not the only, but, but it, it, it happens so rarely, like, right? Yeah, this week it did something that it rarely has done in, like, the four years that they've, like, forayed into, like, original content, which mm-hmm. is to cancel a show. And they canceled they canceled Bloodline, basically, which is the Kyle Chandler um, starring show. But But what's interesting is that they canceled it but, like, well, A, like, they offered up no reasons why, mm-hmm. right? Usually when a show gets canceled, you know why. Exactly. It's usually ratings. But, like, Netflix doesn't disclose ratings or any other information. Um, so we're left to speculate. But it's it's kind of a big deal, I feel like, because it's, like, it's an Emmy-nominated show. Like, I Kyle think Chandler's nominated yeah, for an he's, Emmy. He's on this, this list. Yeah. yeah. Um, so for them to do that, like, it's very interesting to speculate what Why? the measures mm-hmm. of standard or the bar is for them and also i feel like this may be like a turning point for the network right because i feel like up to this point they've they've been spending money like crazy acquiring yeah. original con- content and like it, they've only just been about adding like subscribers and shows and yeah. awards and like now i think maybe they're scaling back and thinking like okay like Actually, now we need to like think about like does like does the show's buzz or ratings if they're counting it, which they probably are. Like, is it are, is it big enough to justify the cost? And now I think they're just starting to do the math and like do that. And so I think the free reign of like Netflix money is like kind of coming to an end, and I think they're becoming more strategic about I, what they're gonna do. Yeah, I, I'm inclined to agree with you. And the reason why this is my obsession of the week is because. You know, with Netflix, it really is all speculation. We have no idea mm-hmm. what their criteria is for, you know, um, greenlighting uh, a show for another season. Is it ratings? Is it like you say, buzz? You know, I think they especially love when uh, a TV show is in the news and it's being talked about, even if people aren't watching it. Just yeah. the fact that like people are talking yeah. about it. Based on what we know or what we don't know, which is ratings, right? Uh-huh. I think we can look at it in terms of buzz and I think Bloodline in particular is where that show kind of it's it wasn't like it's not good enough to be like like in this like TV prestige category right like but it's not like and it's also not like juicy enough to be like this like pop culture like hit, right? Right, right. But like, like it's not showing up on my Twitter newsfeed that like it's like out. everybody's like the watching new it out. and like yeah. people are going crazy for it. But there was enough like Emmy accolades and critical acclaim and like fanfare to have kept it going for like mm. whatever however many seasons. Um, and like, yeah, I don't, I don't think this means that the show was a failure. I just think. I just think that, like, it's in this, like, weird category of, like, not being good enough or not being good enough, you know? Yeah. So. I agree. Not a bad show, not a terrible, like, thing, but whatever. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, that was my obsession of the week. So the trailer. How long is the trailer? Is it like a 30-second trailer? It, it, it's not long at all. Like, nothing happened. Have you watched it like a thousand times? Not a thousand. I've watched it a few times. Okay. It's fun. Um, <laughs> what is it? Uh, what about you? What is your obsession of the week? Um, the mine, I think I found a podcast that is going to be my new serial. Yeah, you. when you were explaining to me what the podcast was about, it's, I was super it's into kind it. kind of like chill-inducing, I feel like. Um, so it's called In the Dark. It's by – it's an eight-episode podcast from the American Public Media that um, debuted, like, earlier this month. So I think there's, like, maybe three to four episodes. Right? Like, half of the um, half of the series has is already up for your downloading pleasure. Um, but basically, and I think the reason why this is going to become so good – is well okay so first of all the show explores um the the kidnapping of um 11 year old jacob wetterling in like 1989 so that's like what like 27 years ago oh my god yeah um he and his did um, you do that in your head did you do that math in your no head? i okay. like i think they kept saying 27 oh, years okay. so i was like there's no way i would have done that math in my head <laughs> um Basically, he and his, like, friends were, like, um, wanted to go rent a video at a video store. Um, they lived in St. Joseph, Minnesota, and then they got stopped by a masked man holding a gun. And the masked man asked all of them, like, how old they were. And I think he happened, this kid Jacob happened to be the oldest, and he let the two younger ones go. And and 11-year-old Jacob was never seen again. Oof. And that was 27 years ago, and it's an unsolved case. And so this investigator, like took on this case and she wanted to explore like what happened and also I think this was the case that um that led to the creation of the National Sex Offender Database so it's a pretty big kind of case what happened this week or no what happened earlier this month so the show was like set to debut like September 7th or something and then on September 1st um one of an early suspect in the disappearance of Jacob Wetterling came forward and confessed to murdering him and led officers to the boy's remains. So, so then what, um, uh, I think her name's Madeline. Madeline is the investigative journalist who's hosting this podcast. Mm -hmm. She went and amended episodes one and two to reflect that. Mm -hmm. And I think it's going to change kind of the narrative and the trajectory of like the remaining episodes because of, so it's like super, I don't know, like fortunate slash unfortunate that this happened. I guess it's fortunate for all involved, right? Right, right, The parents get closure. And also this isn't going to be serial where you kind of still are left with like, who did it? Yeah. Like, yeah. like now we know who did it. And so now it's going backwards to figure out why, but like it happens so close to like it, like debuting, but it's called in the dark. And, um, I think it's going to be like not your typical true crime podcast because of the events, the current events that are right, happening. Right. Um, and the guy who confessed, not only confessed to like killing, killing this boy, but like to like, like assaulting and murdering like another boy too. Oh. So like it's just it gets really messy and like um I think he's gonna serve a twenty year sentence and he's fifty three, so whatever. Like Alright. But cool. yeah, it, I So if you like if people like cereal, they'll like I they'll think like this. I definitely think so. In okay. the dark. Great. Um was there anything else? No. 
All right, great. So uh, that's it for us. Uh, remember to subscribe, download, review, rate on iTunes. It's no one is listening space podcast. Um, and then so we'll be back next time with uh, some more stuff. Hope you guys enjoyed. So uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next time. Bye, guys.